0: You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta and the community of Legends of Runeterra. This episode is supported by listeners like you. To become a supporter of Legends Cast, visit patreon.com/legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. I am one of your hosts, Mark, from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I also go by the Lift. And with me tonight is my ever faithful and legendary co-host, Dead Broke Nerd. Dead Broke Nerd, how you doing tonight, man? Ah, uh,
1: I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I think. I think I'm really excited for this episode because I think it's going to be an interesting one, uh, both from the perspective of I'm excited because, you know, to share my insight on probably my favorite of the Bilgewater champions, but also because we're going to be going into, you know, some some more kind of like hypothetical, you know, meta talk stuff, some guesswork, some controversial opinions. I, I'm looking forward to, uh, to that. I'm looking forward to the hate mail. Uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be fun
0: send it to us we, we love your yeah. hate mail send it we'll read it on Instagram. i mean
1: i'll I'll cry in the bathtub at night but i just won't tell you that yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 yes um well we have quite the show for you so uh it's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome show we're talking about we have a champion spotlight on your boy a gangplank tonight. We're going to be talking about the cards that we see being changed. We're going to be talking about the most recent legends of Runeterra and only really like legitimate legends or like official legends of Runeterra tournament in the news segment. We're going to be talking about what we've been playing. And uh, that's it. That's I think that's the whole show. Unless I missed. Oh, we got some Q&A. We got some Q&A and uh and some shout outs to give so yeah there, there's there's so many things there's so many there's so many things we got some wild predictions so that um you know we can upset people and ruffle some feathers and uh that's always a good thing and so we're definitely going to be doing that and um and maybe some not so wild predictions that uh hopefully you can agree with um but it's going to be a great show so uh but dbm why don't you tell us about what you've been playing this week uh, in Legends of Runeterra, I, I know that you got into a couple of new decks, doing some grinding.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, there was a time uh, when I was a younger man. It was about last Thursday, I think. Um, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna play some ranked. I'm gonna I'm gonna get on get on the ladder, play some ranked. You know, grind it out a little bit. Um, that did not last long. Hated that. Hated. It wasn't fun. Um, you know, I have long complained about my poor luck opening packs. And what I didn't, I guess, realize is that also extends to pulling, like drawing matches uh, on the ladder. Um, What would happen is I would play one deck uh, that I knew had a bad matchup, matchup against one thing, but a pretty good matchup against other things. And then I run into two or three, Uh, Of that bad matchup, and I say, okay, hey man, there's a lot of this deck on the ladder. Let me switch it up. I'm gonna switch it up, and then immediately I would never run into that good that that now good matchup and run into the new bad matchup again. So after a while, I said, man, why am I trying to play meta? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cut this out. Um, And so I I stopped playing meta and I went back to playing weirdly, you know, my kind of off meta but still theoretically viable decks, and I had way more fun. And I still actually did rank up like two divisions or whatever they're called. Um, so I didn't, you know, nice. go way up, go nice. flying up. Nice. But I was, you know, averaging increased, you know, wins. But I I didn't play <clears throat> too much more on the ladder after Thursday, Friday. I started playing some expeditions. That was pretty fun. Um, nice. But I am kind of, if I'm being honest, I'm waiting out the balance patch just a little bit here. I'm still loving the game. Still having fun when I play. Uh, but when it comes to just straight win losses and and looking at, some of the really polarized matchups we talked a little bit about that last week with silver fuse um it's something that that's not my favorite environment to play in so i tend to gravitate in those environments over to you know arena modes and 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 stuff like that so to go get still get that fix you know sure but uh but maybe in a little more balanced or at least goofier environment
0: sure uh, i played uh I played all, I played all kinds of stuff this week. I did play uh, some Freljord. Um I, I still want Frailyard to be good. So I'm insisting that it is. Um, and I really <laughs> love my mid range Noxus Frailyard deck. Um, I think it's so, I think it's so good. I love it. Um, yeah. I love every second. I and mean, maybe it's just like my personal style, right? Like honestly, like I didn't have a tremendous amount of time to play this week for a couple of different reasons. Uh, work picked back up. Um, I had some things going on with that. Um, I was uh, I was a lucky contestant in the Do You Have Corona Grab Bag, um, which was just, <laughs> which was great. Um, so uh, I get to wait for some test results there. So that was uh, one of my days where I was going to play some Runeterra was just got super complex really fast. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so I didn't really get a lot of, I, I, I got to complete my quests. I did finish, I believe, I don't know if I finished it last week or not, but I have the Demacia, the Ionia, and uh, the Freljord quest lines or, or experience lines finished now. And so I have all of those card backs and I am uh, on the last segment of Shadow Wiles. So I've been actually trying to grind the card backs because I really want them. And I think they're really cool. And I think they're great to like play alongside of the champions that you have and um, And I have definitely made it to the point now where I'll actually have to leave a region active um, when I don't, when it's completed, when I don't have other regions completed, because I'm at the point now where I'll actually get too many champion capsules. So um, I have, I have every champion in the game, except I need, I need two Swains, uh, two Vlads and one Vi. And I have six champion capsules left in my experience lines and five champions that I can that I need. So I'm going to grind out the remainder champs that I need to have the full set. And then, uh, and then I will, uh, after that i'm going to have to like sit on the ionia line or whatever sitting at level 25 until the next expansion comes out and i'll I'll finish leveling up something to to grab the last champions that i can get from the experience lines because i don't want to waste any of those so you know a lot of my week was sort of uh completing quests um and uh and just playing uh, on the casual ladder but i had a lot of fun with that and i did play a couple of a couple of decks i tried out Karina control a little bit um and uh and i did a lot of scout i did i played a lot of scout towards the beginning of the week um since the last time we recorded i, I played a lot of scout and um and i definitely enjoyed it I, it's definitely confirmed like the straight demacia version is just better than the demacia bilgewater version i think but um it, i did have a lot of fun i i i really enjoyed i enjoyed playing scouts more than i thought and when you do get mf or quinn leveled up it is pretty cool like they're they are pretty strong um and I got one game where I leveled Quinn and MF up on the same attack and got them to both go off with their, their things. Cause you had like, you, you initiate the attack, they level up and then their stuff goes off. And so that was kind of a, that was a cool game. I felt bad for the person that I played against. That was a cool game. It, it It's definitely funner on the, on the casual ladder. You do still have the, you know, they're grinding out their three wins burn players on the casual ladder, which I kind of understand, right? Like, I always I always hated seeing like the S tier or top tier meta deck on the casual ladder because I'm like, this is the place for experimentation. Quit being a tool, get out of here. <laughs> Go play on the ranked ladder. But in this game, like if you're trying to quickly grind out your three games for your bonus XP all, all you know, every day, it's like, I, I kind of understand why people grab like the fastest, most powerful aggro deck and just try to jump on the casual ladder and grind them out real quick. I tend to just be like, yeah, I don't really want to play against you. So I it, I don't lose anything by conceding to you. So I'll just concede to you. Um, and I will just go find a matchup that is more engaging to play against uh, because the the burn, the championless burn aggro deck is uh, it's good. It's it, as they would say in the anywhere. It's good. It's good. It's a good deck. So. Yeah, that's definitely seeing a lot of play. Um, but yeah, that was that was my week in Runterra. It was good. Um, and I'm excited to unlock a couple more card backs. I love the card mm. backs, man. I love them. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite card back out of the six, seven? However many there are?
1: Um nope, because I still have the only the basic one.
0: Uh, I figured well, I figured your immediate answer would be bilgewater. Mm.
1: I mean, I don't have it yet, so I just don't feel like that's, like, allowed. That's not fair. I don't fair. have it yet. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, I can't pick one until I have one, but it'll probably be Bilgewater. Yeah. I mean, uh, sure. and, and that's the one that I'm, that's why I, I am rushing the Bilgewater faction line. I'm in, like, I think I'm in, like, 19 now. So we're almost there. We're, we're going to get that Bilgewater backer, guys. Don't yeah. you even worry. Don't you even worry your pretty little face about that.
0: You grab that thing. Um oh, yeah. Hey, we oh yeah, we before we jump into the news, we did get a new iTunes review. And I promise. Oh
1: shoot. Is it a wait? Is it a good one or a bad one?
0: It's a good one.
1: Oh, what's up?
0: Yeah, Grace. it's a good one. It's a good one. It's from our good friend Leviticus Sword. Leviticus oh, Sword yeah. leaves us a five-star review last week. He says, if you enjoy this game, then you'll love this podcast. Great hosts, great content, great way to dive deeper into this game thank you so much leviticus sword i don't know if that's what your voice sounds like but i imagine that it definitely does
1: yeah uh we know that leviticus sword is definitely a in real life radio star yeah um hosts an early morning you know segment uh probably like a like a you know a top 40 you know hits in the morning oh yeah he's probably got some some cool like uh like, uh, like nickname, like radio DJ nickname. Definitely. If he's got that voice, he yeah, has to yeah. oh, cool oh. radio DJ nickname.
0: Then why don't I have a radio DJ nickname? Cause that was literally my voice.
1: Hey, listen, stop trying to take Leviticus swords credit <laughs> here, man. You're stealing his thunder. It's not cool. It's not a good look for you, buddy.
0: Listen, Leviticus sword lives. (laughs) I found this out. So since I've been since we started this podcast and we moved to Legends of Runeterra, there is one guy from the discord who listens to the show who lives uh, like 15 minutes from me and Leviticus Leviticus actually lives like seven minutes from my house.
1: That's insane.
0: Yeah. So we're we're legit. We're legit getting together once um, once the Carolina virus lets us go. We're like legit getting together, and we're gonna we're gonna hang out. We're gonna hang out and play some Runeterra as though we were sitting down to play a paper card game together. Well, maybe that's, well, that's not fine. true because they might only play on PC, and I don't want them to bring their whole whole rig to a coffee shop. But um, yeah, like he—that's the second person I mean, who you lives close it, to me. You
1: could bring your cell phone. You can play it on your cell phone.
0: Yeah, all fair. I, I feel like it's a fair assumption that most people
1: have a cell, phone. cell phones like smartphones by this point, you know. Yes. I mean, am I being presumptuous?
0: Yes. Yeah. I think it's. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Come on. It's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. That's enough. That's enough banter. We got some news. Banter over. Yeah. Banter over. Let's go ahead and talk about the news.
1: Oh boy! Here I go.
0: Okay, so the news this week. Wait, wait, did we whoa. just
1: do like a, a little cut in? Absolutely, thing? Like a, we a did news cut in. Yeah. See, I feel like we should have a banter over one too. Like a let's let's get serious or or let's get let's get down to business now. Or no more funny no more funny business. You know, something like that. You or, realize a, we over.
0: all of our all of our our cut ins our transitions are actual like voice lines from runeterra well, I,
1: I i've listened to it i know we do we have one for like no more funny business like as soon as banter's over you know or if That's anyone tries to banter we just interrupt them with that no, no more I'm <laughs> just saying that <laughs> okay right, okay okay saying, you
0: know. Okay. Okay. yeah that's fair we gotta find that we gotta right, I, I gotta right. I, I guess i have to play some more Keep if you know out. a no yeah. more funny business line and it isn't or actually already in this episode um you let us know what card makes it and when they make it and i'll go record it and make it but we have news we have news to talk about <laughs> um and uh it, it we'll have actually more news next week because we're gonna have the balance updates and everything to talk about next week which we don't have this week but the big news is there was a legitimate Riot sponsored Levin, uh, legends of Levens, le- Levens of runterra a le- leavened, bread le- of le- leavened bread of Runeterra, leavened uh, bread of Runeterra tournament. um <laughs> too much yeast. Uh, okay, so the the legends, the legends of Runeterra did an official tournament. It was a Twitch Rivals tournament, which is I think right. Twitch Rivals is is typically it's not like it's like uh they they elect. And invite specific people to come play in it, and it's typically like the top streamers, right? Like they pull in mm. not necessarily like the most competitive or like the best "quote unquote" players, no, but the best streamers,
1: the most popular people,
0: the most popular people. So
1: it's for the cool kids only. Yeah, yeah. So we had like, uh, you know what? Fine, we'll we'll host our own Twitch Rivals tournament. That's fine.
0: We will. You and me.
1: Yeah, yeah. At the, at, no we're not Preferably gonna do not. that no don't we're please don't make me organize anything. this is not the time I was for was being banter. facetious this is not I the time for facetious. banter
0: so we had <laughs> no like, more um, funny business i didn't actually get to watch it right so there, there's all this there's stop being funny there's all of this uh there was a lot of hubbub there was some hubbub there was some hubbub, was some hubbub about it um but basically so we had like swim uh mega mall while uh other people and then a, a dog i think dog won right i think i watched the yes. end of the finals i think dog swept swim in the end like three zero maybe that might not be entirely accurate but but definitely dog won, which is funny because i only know dog as a hearthstone player um oh, yeah and then evidently he i mean he's a big streamer he's a big streamer though um so he got he got pulled into the so he made a name for himself in legends of runeterra which is awesome so i hope that you know now that riot threw some money at it. So they, they had this tournament, right? This, this Twitch rivals tournament. Um, so big streamers played popular players played together. And there was a total of a hundred thousand dollars in the prize pool for these players. Mm. So um, legit money. I mean, for a, for a, a one day tournament, not like a, not like a big grand thing like master series in Tesla or the championship league or whatever it is in Hearthstone that they have, um, not like a, a drawn-out multi-tournament qualifier thing. Just like, hey, we're gonna throw this tournament together, invite some people, and give away a hundred grand. So that I think is the biggest thing to celebrate this week is that this is the first time we have seen Riot throw genuine money at this game and say we're gonna support a competitive scene.
1: Well, I mean, they've thrown a lot of money at the game, at the, the back, the game. Sure, yeah, sure, sure. At the, at the community and at the competitive scene for sure, and that's that's pretty freaking awesome.
0: Yeah. I mean, on un, un, I mean, come on now. Like, what was the what I mean, you you casted masters. What was the what was the big pot of money to win at masters? Was it 50k?
1: Uh, I think it was a prize pool of 20k. Don't look. All right, I I clearly I don't know.
0: Anymore. I thought it was 50. Uh, I thought if you won it, masters it might, you got it 50. Maybe
1: uh, uh um no, I think if you won it you got 20. So it was a five and 50K the rest total. was maybe that's the pot. Yeah. Okay. Sure. We'll say it was. And uh, and then I'm a great caster. Hire me. Yeah.
0: But the point is, is that riot has thrown a hundred thousand dollars at a one day tournament. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, that's I, awesome. No, it's great. And I, I do wonder because it's Twitch rivals. I do wonder how much Twitch, chipped in. Sure, sure. I mean I I bet it
0: wasn't exclusively Riot's prize.
1: But well, sure. Yeah, I mean if they're putting Twitch Rivals on it, then Twitch is definitely a co-sponsor there. But yeah, I know. I mean, it's great and and it bodes well. I mean, Twitch Rivals is typically how you see a lot of these games nowadays kick off their competitive scenes where they basically they kind of use it as like, you know, honest a, like a promotional tool. But also as a testing ground to test out what kind of rules, what kind of formats work, Um, and so, and also like good ways to format the casting and production value side of things. Um, So, like all of that needs to be figured out in a controllable environment where you don't have, you know, a bunch of nobodies competing and raging. Because in many ways, bringing in like well-known streamers. While it does have the opportunity to backfire if one of them really gets their nose bent out of joint, it's actually fairly controllable in that you know they're not going to make too big of a stink or they're not going to be too problematic because it's going to reflect back on their own business. You know, in many ways, they're partnering as business partners sure you know with these big name streamers so it's a, it does it is a little bit safer it's a little bit more controllable than if you have some relative nobody come through win the whole thing and then drop a bunch of racist remarks or something
0: you know sure, what i mean sure like,
1: sure like that would be awful you know and so like in many ways like their twitch rivals represents a really good way to kind of be a testing grounds and so I, I mean i'm there was some discussion about a couple you know really notable players and content creators that maybe should have been invited um i'm not going to touch on that but you know whatever the bottom line is i think it's a really good starting point now i just want to see them kind of double down and, and keep working on that
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and you're right there there were a couple of people who maybe weren't there i'm not actually super in tune with who is kind of like the quote unquote big streamers and you're right like they're as they partner with these streamers and bring them on to twitch rivals they're really partnering with their brand right because yeah. all of these guys are developing a brand and none of them want to ruin that brand which is a, mm-hmm. a unique point considering the controversy that happened at the very first significant uh, legends of runeterra tournament because it involves um ruining one's brand and it involves establishing a set of rules. So uh, there was a little controversy between Swim and Mega Mawile, Um and their game. Is it Mogwai? Mogwai, it Mega, Mogwai. I guess Mogwai is a Pokemon. It's a Steel Fairy type Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Okay. I always just it, assumed that, that wasn't was the, Mega Mogwai. That
1: wasn't the original 150 though,
0: right? No. And maybe I'm actually pronouncing okay. Mogwai's name wrong because mega mogwai is a legit like mega evolution pokemon oh. i have no idea i've only watched the dude stream for a couple of minutes just to be honest but he's popular i
1: think, I think it's mogwai
0: mogwai mega mogwai right. okay so yes. we'll we'll go with that so mega mogwai sure. and, and swim are battling it out and so there's a there's a rule in in this tournament that says they're keeping the limit of the time for the games or like the whole match I don't know if it's the games or the whole match but it's an hour right so you have 1 hour I think it's to I think it's to I think it's the match, but you have one hour to complete it, and if you don't complete it, there's like some there's a draw of, of some type. I don't know. I don't. I didn't even research the exact rules. But here, here's basically how it goes. So swim and Mega Mogwai are battling it out, and there comes a point in time in which swim is. Roping a lot which is completely legitimate because you are in a tournament for a hundred thousand dollars or a portion of a hundred thousand dollars And so it's completely legitimate for you to use the time that's allotted to you But the controversy came that at the end of the of their match um, There was clearly a point in which Mega Wawa Mega 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 had won um, had won but swim continued to sort of rope And in that, in that continuing to rope, he ran out the time, although it was very clear that he had lost. And but in the rules, when he drew out the time, there was a draw and the tiebreaker led to him moving on, swim moving on, and Mega Mog Mogwai, Mogwall, Mog Mogamog. Um MM, he did not move on, and Swim did move on because he drew out the game and elapsed over that one hour time limit although it was very clear from the state of the game that that uh, he had lost. So there was some controversy about that that sort of eclipsed the fact that there was this tournament at all, which is super sad. That's a, It's an incredibly sad thing. Um, neither DBN and I have done a great deal of research, but I know we both have a couple of thoughts on it. Is that? Yes. Yeah, you want to share what your thoughts are?
1: Yeah, my thoughts are, man, it's a really good thing that... Um, that these two players have uh, a brand to consider when they you know, think about how they react. Uh, because imagine, I mean, I literally know and could name instances within the Elder Scrolls Legends competitive tournaments that, that were out there where people who didn't have that big of an audience decided they were going to grow their audience by throwing hissy fits. Hmm. Um, uh, when things didn't break their way, things a lot more legitimate, you know, of rulings against them, whether it was for, you know, different reasons that you know they didn't do what they were supposed to do or not, you know, but throwing hissy fits about that. So it's a really good thing. It was a little bit more controllable. Hence, kind of what I was saying about, you know, can you imagine this being someone without the platform that like either of those two players have, where they know that they need to be the bigger man because. Not just because it's the right thing to do, but because they don't want to lose money. And sure. I hate that you know you have to say it that way, but I mean I, I literally can pick out examples in Elder Scrolls Legends where people did not do that. They didn't have a, anything to risk, and so they decided to burn the system down. Mm. Um, you know, and so and which is a damn shame. Um, so that's good. Uh, I don't know if Swim looked at it from the perspective of okay i've got I've drawn it out to two two you know or i'm gonna i I would win the tiebreaker if time ran out. um I'm gonna use my entire turn timer and you know game the system if he did, well, I don't think that my opinion of Swim improves, but I don't think I can really blame him because it's it's gamesmanship. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a reason why, you know, in basketball, you start throwing all those, you know, fouls to try to get to the foul line when you're down. Right. There's a reason football runs the clock out. Right. I mean, it's called gamesmanship and it's the exploitation of the rules to your benefit. Uh, I mean, Bill Belichick for our American people is the master. And I hate the guy, but he's the master of manipulating the rules and teaching his athletes and players how to use the different ever changing, you know, offensive and defensive penalties to their advantage to draw more of them in their favor. Um, So even if that was the case, it's not it's not really Swim's fault. It's it's not. It's not a good look, necessarily, sure. I don't think I wouldn't think higher of the man if that was indeed the case. and for all I know, and I think he responded and and I, I think the when he his official statement was basically you know i didn't I didn't mean to do that i and I don't remember if he said it was an accident and he wasn't paying attention to the time or whatever it was it doesn't matter. um uh, but even if it did, that's not the problem. The problem is the dumbass rule uh. Of putting a timer on it. Look, when you're playing paper card games, you have to put timers on it, but you can also call a judge over to say, hey, judge, this person's stalling, and they can issue warnings and then watch the match and make sure they don't do that. Right. Um, and uh, but the that's not how it is in digital card games because you are literally, you are literally given a set amount of time through which to act. Yeah. And it would be like it, so like here's a great comparison, folks. Um when I was in college, my freshman year, I had to take uh, a math class, right? And uh, I had this math class and my teacher said, okay, you guys uh, have uh, until Friday. It's Tuesday now. You have until Friday uh, to log on to the website and do the homework. Okay. Well, on uh, Wednesday night, or no, excuse me, on it was till Friday. Yes, yeah, so it had to be turned in Thursday at, at midnight. On Wednesday night, a hurricane blew through and knocked out that place's servers, and so it wasn't until Saturday that I was even able to log on to the website. Well, I came into class on Monday feeling like, well, okay, like this is totally understandable. Uh, and she was like, well, okay, you you know, hey, you didn't do your homework. You get a zero. Well, obviously that's not correct, right? Sure. And I say to her, well, you said I have from, you know, Tuesday to, you know, Friday, aka midnight on Thursday uh, to do my homework. She's like, well, yeah, you could have done it on Tuesday. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> that's not how it worked. You gave me that a lot of time with which at any point I could use. But now you're telling me uh, that I didn't, I was not actually allowed to use that second half of the time window. Clearly that's incorrect, you know? Um, and so that's literally what us, what we'd be saying if we told swim or anyone, Hey, you know, you have this amount of time, but you can't use it or you're an asshole. Sure. Right. So really the problem is the rules. Listen, if we're casting, if we're going to be casting a tournament, can like I can't even imagine the idea of saying, "All right folks, we're going to we're going to cut short this amazingly tense three-game series uh because it's time time times up. I've got a I've got a, a turkey in the oven I got to go check. So we're done. Casters go home, production just shut it down. Okay. Yeah, and that that's enough of the this fun game that we're playing. Sure, and it's I <laughs> mean like you're putting it's, it's st- it's the rules. The rules were dumb. The rules were really, really dumb. So, okay. Live and learn. Change it next time. Don't put a time limit on a digital card game, which has already implemented time limits.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's my thing, right? Like, it's one thing uh, if you're looking at a sport like uh, football or, or whatever, and you're like, hey, the way that you win this game is to have the most amount of points inside this time limit. That, but that's not, that wasn't how you won. This game, this game was won by winning X amount of games out of X amount of games, not by getting a certain amount of points within a time limit. And you're imposing a time limit on top of a game that has an inherent time limit. Like the games can't take forever. and if you if you are concerned if you were going to twitch rivals and you were legitimately concerned that it was going to take too long and you needed to constrain that in some way then go into the game itself and say for this tournament guys you guys are going to be playing on a a different server or something that has a shorter time time each of your turns are just going to be shorter you're going to lose five seconds off of each of your turns in order to that is a better way to do that than to say okay Guess you guys ran out of your hour allotment. The game's over. Now, that being said, every one of these players su- went into this game submitting to those rules. They were invited. They could. Uh, I'm sure they had the no one forced them to play in the tournament. They I'm sure they knew the rules and the 1-hour time limit before they went into the tournament. And they all knew that that could be exploited against them by their opponents if the opportunity came up. And that did happen. I don't I don't think that it was Obviously, I think that that swim in this situation does more damage to his brand by doing that than he would have if he would have just been a I don't know. I don't know if be a man about it is the right word. But if he would have just faced the music and realized I have lost pass the turn, go ahead, you win the game. Um, I know that I've lost. It's yours or even like, hey, I know we're about out of time and I've clearly lost this game. I'll surrender. Um, I think that actually is probably better for his brand than moving on to the next round. Um, because even if he had won, let's say he beat Dog and he wins, people are not going to talk about the fact that Swim won Twitch rivals. They are going to talk about the fact that he got there and what they believe to be an illegitimate way. And so they're going to call it an illegitimate win. So I don't think it helps him in any way to do what he did in the long run. In the short term, it may have put a few more bucks in his pocket. In the long term, I don't think it greatly benefits his brand. Um, I Yeah. You know, but... It's up to I him to do that.
1: I, I'm not even. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. What I'm saying is that it doesn't matter whether we've judged swim and and determined that he was being, you know, uh, a cheese ball. It doesn't matter, and I'm not going to make that judgment because I didn't watch it. Um, what all I'm saying is, you know, they need to change the rule so that is never a
0: discussion people need to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean the, the the core problem is the rules. The rules put them in an unfair situation. That's entirely accurate. Entirely yeah. accurate. And the rules need to be changed. I'm I'm saying in that situation, no, I mean, I may have made a different decision, but I wasn't in I wasn't in issue, so I don't know, you know.
1: I mean, I, I, you know, if you're playing within the confines of the rules, like what's the, like if I'm playing if I'm playing ultimate frisbee, right? And it's a windy day, right? And my team gets up a point, Right. And I know that my opponent's team has some weak throwers and some really amazing receivers. Right. I'm going to go throw a zone on them. Right. And I know this is ultimate frisbee stuff. I'm going to go throw a zone on them, which basically bullies the crap out of the throwers in certain situations. We'll bully the crap out of the throwers because, you know, they don't have, you know, open lanes to throw to. And instead, Take away those downfield options and force them to make a lot of throws and turn it over, right? Now, that's, some would say, well, wow, that's such an asshole thing to do, right? You're, like, highlighting the weak player and bullying the crap out of them, right? Um, well, okay, but it's within the confines of the rules, right? Well, absolutely. I mean, it- our, but, sure. But, like, our, But like okay, so clearly in league play, oh, man, we're just playing casual league or pickup, Man, yeah, that's an asshole thing to do. Nobody's going to get better in that situation. So when does it become okay? Does it become okay in you know college competitive season? Does it become okay at the regional tournament? Does it become okay at nationals? Does it become okay when there's $100,000 on the line? I'm just saying. I'm just putting that out there. Because it was 100%. Even if Swim, I can't even say, like, I, I cannot honestly say I wouldn't, I wouldn't think about doing doing that myself. Saying I'm not cheating. I'm not cheating by sitting there and taking my time and waiting out the clock. I've built this advantage where I will win by the tiebreaker. That should not be negated. The fact that I built an advantage that I would win the tiebreaker. That's something that you actually in Legend of the Five Rings in many ways, as it gets close to the end of a round, you start adding up. There's a there's a tiebreaker point system. And sometimes you'll start changing the way you play. You don't you stop playing for the kill and you play for the tiebreaker win. It's actually a, like a completely common thing to do in Legend of the Five Rings in tournament play where there's a timer. Right. So I can't even say I wouldn't I wouldn't think about doing the same thing. Well, oh, sure. The bottom I- line is they put him in such a terrible position to have to make that call hundred thousand dollars potentially sure you know or look like a nice guy and who's going to remember that next week
0: and i don't here's the thing i don't want to belabor the point because i don't think that swim did anything wrong at all i think he was put in a very difficult situation that's unfair because of the rules that were generated and if there's anything at fault here it is the rules that put him in that situation. I just think probably between the two pathways that he had to choose from. And if one was bad and one was worse and he's like between a rock and a hard spot, which is the worst place to be, by the way, when you are in the position to win the tiebreaker. Right. But you're putting a rock between a rock and a hard spot and you, you probably chose the worst path, like not not the wrong path but probably out of two bad directions, you probably ended up choosing the one that is going to do longer term damage. I could be wrong. Sometimes the pathway that does longer term damage ends up being the correct path to take and people love you for it. And I, so, so you never know. I haven't been looking at his numbers. Maybe he's pulling down twice the amount of people viewing him as he was before because of that. That's a very real possibility, but uh, yeah, I don't want to belabor it, but you're, you're right. I We, we both agree. The roles are the thing yeah, that are, I'm just
1: fault. not going I'm, to, I'm not even, I'm just going to take it even a step further saying I will not even cast judgment on what the right decision would be. I really won't. I, I refuse to, you know, because it's, it's not, it's completely not, has nothing to do with swim. The problem, sure. the root of the problem has nothing to do with him. And and if you, like, if someone can honestly say, hey, DBN, like you could have done everything by the rules and walked away with $100,000 and nobody is hurt in that situation. It's not like I you kneecapped him. It's I didn't sweep the leg, Johnny,
0: you know, <laughs> right? Little Karate Kid reference
1: right yeah there you go um i i like i just can't even say I, I i can't honestly say i wouldn't do it seriously i can't honestly say i wouldn't do it because it's not cheating it's fully within the confines of the rules Absolutely. it's gamesmanship i'm a competitor you know and they and like you like you said and in many ways i think i i've kind of changed my tune a touch since i initially approached this but like you said, they all signed up for this. They got to see the rules beforehand. Sure. You know, so really the problem isn't whether it was the right or wrong thing to do. If that's irrelevant. The problem is, was it a good look? And That it was not. Sure. Okay. It sure. was not a good look for
0: Terra, for Twitch
1: rivals. No,
0: it wasn't. It wasn't. But it, listen, once again, we don't want to belabor the point. Let's move on. Let's move on. Before we talk more about this, let's talk about news that's going to come up next week that we're making predictions about this week, which is we're going to get a balance patch, a balance patch coming up, balance patch, a It's a balance pitch, a balance pitch, um, that is going to be coming out. So that's exciting. So we're going to get some changes to the meta. Hopefully, hopefully it'll change the meta, which it always has before. So I trust that it will this time. Um, hopefully we won't get too many cards gutted. Maybe we will get some cards cut some cards gutted. Um, but we each have predictions, so we each can up with five cards that we think could see adjustments in this upcoming balance patch and we're going to go through those do you want to go through the whole list of your whole list and then my whole list or go back and forth? we'll
1: alternate we'll go back and forth number five number four number three number two number one
0: okay so why don't you take like we'll take like a minute and a half each to talk about how we came up with our list you're am i going first oh you're not yeah you're going first
1: okay so I thought about my list, and I thought about the decks that I, and the factions, more importantly, that I felt were overtuned. tuned um, but also, you know, I went at it, I attacked it completely from, I want to bring the power level down. Um, I didn't want to bring other things up to meet those power levels, because in my opinion, that would further create pol- like more polarized matchups. I want the power levels to decrease so games have to be decided by, you know, uh, you know, s- different margins of error than they are right now where, you know, game is often decided in these big swingy turns where the deck that has the advantage presses that advantage and then takes the game out of, you know, out of reach. I want these games to be much closer. I want the power level of cards to decline. I want decks to have to you know, run cards to streamline their, not to streamline their matchups, but to diversify their matchups and play better against the, you know, the pool as opposed to play, you know, accept the auto loss to one type of deck and increase their strength against others. I mean, that's certainly a valid way for people to play ladder, but I want to discourage that. So my list is based on that. I'm only listing nerfs, even though I do have, several buffs I'd love to see that's not where I went with my
0: list I went with here's how here I did I went with one champion and four cards And and in two of my cards I went with an either or so I looked at a pair of cards that were very strong and I said I think you could cut or buff either or and then I went with what Runeterra has come out the team has come out with so far which is we want every champion to be viable and we want every card to mostly be playable in some type of deck. And then I also looked at, okay, what have they done in the past? They've looked at things that have oppressed other cards that maybe aren't quite as powerful. And by nerfing them, they are essentially buffing a handful of other archetypes that maybe just cannot quite compete. And so that's how I went one champ Four cards, some some either ors, and mostly nerfs. So why don't you talk about the first one on your list, DBN, that you want to talk about?
1: Number five, and it's number five because I've talked about it for the last two weeks in a row. Standalone. Standalone's getting standalone in Ian's on Ian's server. Standalone gets nerfed.
0: What happens to it?
1: Standalone moves to a fast spell. What that does, and I've explained this, I explained this last week, is it shifts the onus on the uh, player with standalone to play around counters as opposed to everyone else playing around standalone. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, um, if on turn three with three spell mana and three regular mana, uh, Damasia drops Fiora, with standalone being fast, what will happen is the player, the other player can sit there and they can do one of two things. They can either uh, just kind of ignore Fiora in which case Fiora swings and attacks. And if they try to play standalone, well then that player can play, get excited, gotcha, mm-hmm. black spear, whatever to uh, kill Fiora before the buff goes through. Sure. Or kill Zed before the buff goes through. Right. Or, it puts, it also, or in the other situation, they spend all their mana, and then the Demacia player can say, okay, I've seen them spend their mana, now I play standalone when they can't disrupt it. Sure. So that's how I want to see standalone, which is an like obscenely powerful, extremely high value card. It's a, you know, right now as a burst, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. The plus three, plus three, the requirement is so small. You know, the buff lasts, you know, it doesn't go away at the end of the turn it's just it's just too much and if all these other nerfs that i would propose or what nerfs we assume will come at some point if these go into effect standalone and standalone isn't touched i'm worried standalone will go back to being oppressive because right now it's not tier one but it will be s tier if these other s tier decks uh get downgraded
0: okay Nice. It's also just not fun to play against. Agreed. Totally agree. Um, My number five is a personal card that I don't I don't think actually might need this card may actually legitimately not need an adjustment, but I don't like where it is. And that is Rangers resolve. This is a one Mm -hmm. mana burst spell that gives your entire board toughness. I think this either needs to be a two mana burst spell that gives your entire board toughness where this needs to be a one-mana fast spell that gives your entire board toughness. I think it's best is a one-mana fast spell that gives your entire board toughness because it gives your opponent an opportunity to interact with, okay, you set up trades. Now they are destroying those trades. You've already committed to the trades, right? You've already committed to trading your 3-2 into their 4-3 and now it's not gonna kill it, right? You've already committed to that trade, so it's already gonna be bad. Now maybe I can sweeten the pot a little bit by pinging that thing or by getting excited that 4-3 before you get tough on it, um, toughness on it. I think that Rangers resolve Toughness is a very very strong ability and combat tricks in this game are extremely strong. And if you can snowball a board and for one mana you can save the life of two or three of your things that were going to be traded into and removed, which has happened to me several times both as the person with Ranger's Resolve and the person playing against Ranger's Resolve, that card is a one mana can be a one mana win the game. One mana, you chose poorly. I win the game. You can play around it. You can play around it, but sometimes you just can't afford to play around it. You have to see if they have it in hand. Um, I know that it isn't an ultra popular card right now, but I think it could end up in a bad place if we see a slightly more mid-range board-centric meta. If we see some of the nerfs go heavy on some of the Karma control decks, some of the uh, Karina, Corona, Karina, 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 Karina. control. Jeez, I <laughs> yeah. mean, so bad at names. Karina control decks. Um, I think that uh, you could see Rangers Resolve get a lot better and see more play. So that's my number five. What about you, DBN? What's your number four?
1: What, yeah, uh, oh, number you four. See Oh, I was just going to say about Rangers Resolve. That's an honorable mention for me. Nice, nice for sure. Nice. Yeah, it was, it's a good, that's a good one to come up with. But it is not on my list. Next up on my list,
0: Boom Crew Rookie. Oh, that one was a, that was that's an honorable mention for me. Boom Crew Rookie is too.
1: It's too good. Um, because the two damage goes on the face, no matter what they do, if it swings, and at four defense. And two cost, it it will never die on the same turn it comes out. It just won't, um, you know. Especially in these aggro decks, the, you know, Boom Crew Rookie, the two damage guaranteed on face um, is already what you get out of some two drops. You know, not guaranteed. Uh, so I mean, it, it's just. I mean, it's just doing way too much. It's it. I I, I can't imagine that the the win rate on that card. Uh, you know, is any less than 55%. I mean, seriously, this thing is nuts. I don't know, 55% is pretty high. But but Boom Crew Rookie is, is a big part of what has taken Burn uh, in such a consistent direction. Um, I think there's plenty of other things you could nerf in there. I was leaning heavily towards Crimson Disciple. The problem is I really like self-damage or self-harm decks, and I'd be really sad to see Crimson Disciple which because Vlad is so garbage <laughs> right now, Crimson Disciple is usually the win condition and self-damage, and it's a win condition that's been co-opted for aggro, um, but I think that's more to do with the Demolitionist than it is to do with the uh, Crimson Disciple. So like, even though those were in that slot, I went with Boom Crew Rookie because I think it's it's been that staple ever since people were playing with like Teemo and Draven and whatever. It's always been that card that because it's so difficult to get rid of, you end up not respecting it. You're forced to not respect it because you can't trade with it. Yep. Um, so taking that defense down to three or maybe even two. 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 Two uh might make that card uh that that might two might gut it. Three, I'm worried, may not even be enough.
0: I think Weirdly, it, I, I I'm on the one three boat. There is a lot of cards that are two drops that will trade into it as a one three.
1: Yeah, that's true. There are a lot of cards, and, the, and and a lot of the two drops are are three twos. Uh, three twos. The there are a lot
0: ones. in in play right now. A lot of three ones as well. Yeah. So it would so be I trend. mean
1: I want to and like I said I I I just I you know I one three I feel may even be tentative maybe two two, maybe make it a two man two two. Mm. Um. Either way, boom crew rookie. Uh. It's it's just it's Too very much. very very good and it needs to be tuned. Way down. The problem is, if you make it a one three, I don't think it suffers enough because it's it doesn't ever, I don't think it merits getting cut. Yeah, it can be traded more often, but it's still getting that guaranteed two damage. And I, I'm just worried that's not enough. Um, so even though this is the only card in my list that I targeted from burn aggro, I think you could probably cut, you could probably nerf two or even three cards to bring this deck down in power because in my mind, there's so many cards in that deck. uh, That are very strong. That are very, very strong.
0: Yeah. Well, I will go with my number four and I will go in the same direction. This was the one nerf that I am giving to burn aggro as well. And this is my first duo nerf. My first duo nerf is Crimson Disciple slash Imperial Demolitionist. I think that you could nerf one of these two not necessarily both of them, but one of these two. I think that you make Crimson Disciple a two mana two two instead no. of a two mana two three. So you cannot ping it and then still trade with something with two attack. Um what or about something a two with one, one attack. Three a two mana two two um and my imperial demolitionist when it deals one damage to something i think instead of dealing two to the opponent's face should potentially deal one to the opponent's face so you can ping them by playing this two mana two three deal one damage to something to deal one damage to the opponent's face. Um, I don't know that both of them need to get hit. And if I had a choice between the two, I would would put the nerf on Imperial Demolitionist over Crimson Disciple, specifically because of the fact that if you put it on Imperial Demolitionist over Crimson Disciple, it hurts burn aggro, but does not necessarily hurt self-harm, which... I think is an important thing to do because I don't think self harm is in a great place. I don't. I don't personally believe self harm will ever be a, an S tier deck. I think we all know <laughs> that it won't. But um, I think that this doesn't hurt self harm, but it does hurt burn if you do Imperial Demolitionist, but I would be fine seeing Crimson Disciple. Crimson Disciple is, is a menacing card to deal with on two right now. It is not a very easy card to trade into. You don't want to trade into it when you don't respect it in the Imperial Demolitionist. You get four damage to the face. That is a lot of damage to take to the face um, for for two mana. And then you have two bodies on the board and you can do it to the Crimson Disciple twice twice which i have had happen to me too many times um so i think that that's my number four one of those two cards what's your number three
1: number three loyal badger bear (laughs) yeah i gotta imagine this one's on your list we'll see all right (laughs) uh but i don't know if you have an idea for how to uh what your nerf is to it but i have mine go ahead um so obviously for those who don't know Loyal Badger Bear is a 3 mana 4/4 four, four, and it's blank. Um so it doesn't have any traits or keywords or effects. Um but as a 3 mana 4/4 four, four, it is obscenely well-statted. Um Very and it's being abused I mean it's it's being abused in all sorts of Demacia decks. I mean it just raw stats make a difference, right? And it's it's over-statted. Uh, if, if you guys recall, you know, in an earlier episode, we talked about uh, this idea of average stat distribution, right? The idea is if you take the um, the cost of the creature and double it, that's your average stat distribution. You can spread it out and cards will have it spread out, uh, you know, in different ways. Um, so if you have a three drop, usually you'll see a range between a three, three is the average, right? Sure. Or you might have a two, four, or you might have a one, five right? Um, so that's average stat distribution. Um, well, you know, uh, Loyal Badger Bear has, is a 4-4, so he is two points over the average stat distribution. You'll see a lot of cards that are one point over. You won't see a lot that are two. Um, and so this guy is just absolutely a hot mess. And then there's the fact that the Grizzled Ranger exists. Um, and the Grizzled Ranger being a 4-1 with, uh, with Scout, that when it dies, will summon the Loyal Badger Bear. Um, so by nerfing Badger Bear, we also nerf the Grizzled Ranger. And I like Grizzled Ranger as a card. I don't want Grizzled Ranger to be unplayable, but I just want you know the Badger Bear to be less, less damning. So, okay, what's my nerf? Loyal Badger Bear goes from a 3-mana 4-4 four, four, to a 3-mana 4-2 with Fearsome. Hmm. It's a bear. He's scary. Um, so he's fearsome. Um, and so what that does is it keeps the pressure up, uh, for decks that want to throw chump blockers like spiders, uh, and things at it, but it keeps the badger bear in the killable range. Um, so that, okay, I've just had to vile feast the, um, you know, the ranger. Well, now there's a badger bear. Well, when it comes to four health, there's, you just, you already had to expend, um, some sort of resources to kill the first four one. Um, and so when you have what effectively we, we did the math on this, a, a four, four, eight is eight, five of stats. That's 13 stats over uh, for four mana over at the cards life with grizzled range. Yep. I mean, that is absolutely absurd. Okay. It's um, strong. And so, and so now we basically take two points of that away um, while in keeping it on the defensive side. So it keeps an aggressive front up, uh, but makes these the all these extra stats are also easier to go away by taking that down to 4-2. But by giving it fearsome, we still keep a little bit of the flavor of it. There's theoretically an incentive to run the card by itself. I mean, I was mostly targeting Badger Bear because it solves the Badger Bear problem and the Ranger problem at the same time. But I don't want Badger Bear to be like if it, if we took it down to a three man three three that's blank, no one would ever run it, right? Sure. So by going the four two fearsome route, there's theoretically an argument for saying I'm playing a you know a fearsome heavy deck. I want to get this extra unit in there to add a little redundancy on that front. So that's where I went with uh with the loyal badger bear.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, my number three is standalone standalone. So it made both of our lists. Um, mostly this is just how unfun it is to play against and how you feel completely and totally helpless against it whenever it goes off and you don't have any way to interact with it. Basically, if you're not playing Will of Ionia, you don't have any way to interact with it. And um, I don't love it. I don't love that it has three incredible targets in Zed, Solitary Monk, and Fiora. Um, and there are probably other very good targets for it as well that just haven't been played around with as yet. Um, so I think my, my solution for it is the same exact as DBNs. Make it fast, make it fast. I don't need to talk much more about it. We already talked about it. Make it fast. DBN, uh, you are on number two, my friend. Number two, Mystic Shot. Oh,
1: interesting. Mystic Shot. I, I want to nerf Mystic Shot.
0: This was um, on my list, but I thought like Fireball and Frostbolt in Hearthstone, it was too essential to the set that it didn't make my list. But go ahead.
1: Okay, so here's the here's the thing about Mystic Shot. It is so absurdly good at what it does. And what it does is um, kills any tempo the opponent might put out before they can build a board. It is the ultimate. Board, it stops any aggressive deck as control from establishing a board if you can get it on curve, right? I mean, we talked about the fact that a lot of these great two drops are three ones or uh, three twos, uh, and Mystic Shot slows that down. The most unfun way to play is to play against Karina Control or uh, Easy Karma or any of those decks and go. You know, Omenhawk on one gets thermogenic beamed. Uh, <laughs> you know, Relentless Raider on two gets Mystic Shotted. You know, uh, any three drop gets Get excited. right? It's just not fun. Um, and because um, PNZ picked up Gotcha in the last uh, set, my thought is simply that uh, Get Excited isn't as important anymore. Additionally, Get Excited, or not Get Excited, excuse me, uh, Mystic Shot, sorry, Mystic shot's not as important anymore because they've got that higher density of removal. They've got lots of different options. Um now I'm not saying we want to make um, mystic shot unplayable because what's the other cool part about mystic shot?
0: That it, it can hits go the face. face. Yeah, sure.
1: Right. And so we like that flexibility. I I think I don't think that I think that it would be bad to to make it only hit creatures because that's the problematic thing about it in my mind. Not um, that it
0: goes face, but, it's that it can target creatures.
1: Exactly. Although it is being used, so I guess when I said I only had one card on um, the burn nerf, technically that's incorrect, but my nerf I don't think would affect it too much on the burn front. Um, my proposed nerf is that we make mystic shots slow. Um, and the reason I say that is because it's still going to do what it says. My opponent plays a two drop. Okay. I play Mystic Shot, I kill it. But what it's going to stop is I played a creature at the end of your turn, it passes over to me, and now I declare an attack. Well, there's a lot of times where as you know, the player who knows they're going up against Karma, Ezreal, or Karina, I know I need to get my damage in quick. I'm declaring that open swing with whatever creature I played down last, and then my opponent plays, get excited, Mystic Shot, and kills whatever my you know, five drop was. We'll say it's sure. a five. We'll say it's gangplank, okay? Um, so by taking away that spell speed of being able to use it after my opponent, like in combat, once there is a, an attack declared or when you're declaring defenders, by taking that away, it's going to force some of those decks that like Karina Control especially um, to take a little bit more face damage instead of always defending and just sitting at that high health total um. You know, Or it's going to force them to run a few more creatures. Um, and so, yeah, if Karma Ezreal is comboing out and they want to get it started with the Mystic Shot, they totally can, right? Um, and that's that's fine. Uh, if they want to use it to remove something that my opponent just played, that's fine. We're, we're really not seeing... By moving it to slow, we're really not seeing a big adjustment to the power level of the card when it comes to its effectiveness once you play it. We're just looking at limiting how many situations they can play it in yeah and that's where i think the nerf is this nerf would be ideal um especially when you look at there's so many slow spells in bilgewater right um there is yeah and and i i was a little disappointed in that when i was originally looking at bilgewater but the more i played the more i've been like you know it's a good thing that this is a you know a, a slow spell i think i think this is perhaps even indicating a design philosophy that they might move in the direction of is putting out a few more slow spells and, and, you know, really, you know, isolating the situations where, Hey, like, um, these spells deserve to be burst. These spells really shouldn't be. Um, So, yeah, I, I, that's the direction I want to see mystic shot go. It goes in, it's an auto include. And I don't, I've never liked the hearthstone argument of, Oh, this is a, fundamental card to the class identity i think that's i think that's a load of hooey that hearthstone put out just to not admit that they had balance issues Mm -hmm. um i never bought that that argument um so yeah mystic shot is my number two and i this is one that i'm really passionate about and i would love to see this change
0: okay 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 um my number two is Grizzled Ranger slash Badger Bear. Um, so that this is my other slash, right? I think that they could go either direction, and I have a suggestion for both. Um, I think that they could go either direction, and my suggestions are actually kind of similar to yours. So I think that you either take Grizzled Ranger and you make him a 4-mana 2-1. You cut his attack by oh. 2. A 4-mana 2-1 with Scout that still summons a three mana four four so if you cut grizzled rangers attack by two you do not touch the bear the the badger bear okay the reason for this is often you don't want to give them the badger bear right you don't want them to have the three mana four four However, you can't keep taking four points of damage to the face as well. This allows you to say, listen, you're not putting me on as extreme of a clock if I keep letting this two one through, which forces you to find some way for you to get that enabled. Listen, this is the same as like Shadow Isles has a a two-mana one-one that cannot block that summons a four-four on its death. Okay. That's. Kind of similar, right? Kind of similar. Except I can ignore your 1-1. So Shadow Isles has to find a way to enable the death rattle on that thing because that's the valuable part of it. You're overpaying for the body. And... It can't block, so you. But this is a. This would allow the Badger Bear to still, or the, the the Ranger to still block. It would. I'm not saying it can't block. It just wouldn't be able to get as favorable of a trade. It gets way too favorable trade. It threatens way too much damage to face for you to just ignore it. And then it gets a four four on the backside, so it only gets better once it gets the favorable trade that you cannot ignore. I think it's way too much of a body that four one. If you're going to leave it. As a 4-1, then I would change the Loyal Badger Bear, and I would do something different with it, and it's going to be a much more boring change. I would actually make him a 3-mana 4-3 with Overwhelm. I actually like the 4-2 stat line. The reason it's a boring change is there is a 3-mana 4-3 with Overwhelm in Noxus already, right? And that doesn't see a tremendous amount of play. It's a new card. It looks like a giant Ballista. 3-mana 4-3 with Overwhelm. Um, and so I, I don't know that if that's a good change or not, but I think that, so one of the things you have to look at when we talk about point distribution, oftentimes you can suck up one or two points of, of the distribution that you get for the mana cost. Let's say you play four mana for the creature. You can get an eight, a, a eight, a total of eight points to distribute over its two stats. And that's considered relatively balanced you typically can get rid of one of those points of stats to add a keyword. Sometimes you get rid of two points of stats to add a keyword. So this would be basically be saying, we're not even gonna get rid of any points of stats. We're going to leave you with a three mana for three, which is going to be seven points of stats for three mana. And then we're also going to give you overwhelm. I think that... But on the back end of that thing is just too much and the thing that brings grizzled ranger down a bit Maybe not enough that may actually not be enough, but I think that's where I would go um, To get to to work on that bear because I think that bear is just a bit much But honestly, I would actually nerf grizzled ranger before I would before I would nerf the bear I don't think it's a terrible thing really. Yeah, I would actually nerf grizzled ranger I think that grizzled ranger is the problem. I think that grizzled ranger is the problem I think that it puts you in such a terrible position Every time it attacks, you cannot ignore it. You must defend against it. It's way too much damage. It yeah. trades way okay, okay, too okay. well. But, but dealing, yeah, yeah, but
1: dealing, well, okay, it, it can trade really, really well, but it also can die to so many things at one health, right? The problem is that unkillable thing that happens after you wasted a card to kill something, right? Which is why my argument is bump the bat, the thing that you know the badger bear down to two health you know keep the keep those aggressive stat lines i like that you know aggressiveness right i enjoy that i think i think grizzled ranger is a cool ass card i want to play grizzled ranger if you took it down to two one and kept the badger bear people would just play the badger bear they wouldn't play grizzled ranger you don't think so right i really don't think so i think people would play
0: grizzled ranger
1: I don't, I really don't think so.
0: Because you're not because you're it.
1: not getting those trades. Because Grizzled Ranger, the reason it's good is you drop it on defense. Well, one of the reasons it's good. There's many reasons it's good, but you drop it on defense and can trade up with it, right? The problem and the reason why it's broken is because then you don't you get a better thing, right? Um, in the 4-4. And the, okay, the so other problem let's besides say- that is if you don't, if you don't touch the badger bear. If you don't touch the Badger Bear, that's still going to continue to be a, a problem, and it, it, it's a big problem. But three mana, four four is a problem.
0: Let's just say I like your change more, but I didn't come up with it. Okay, <laughs> I had to say what I came I up. I win with. the argument. You win. <laughs> Let's go for number one on your side. What's your number one? And this has to be your champ, right?
1: This is my champion. Okay. This is the champion that I would nerf. But the problem is, I don't have a, I don't have a nerf
0: which one is it it's got to be, I it's, think karma. I gotta be. Yeah, it's, it's karma yeah it's karma i knew it <laughs> sure because i karma. didn't i didn't put her on my list because i couldn't come up with a nerf either
1: yeah well i am not uh i'm not bound by that that uh same uh sentiment um i don't know i don't know what to do with karma i i really don't because karma is cool absolutely i mean look karma is a really cool card but it's eclipsing every other late game strategy. And it it's it's not fun. It's it's playing karma is fun, but karma in my mind is limiting experimentation. You're getting to the point where a lot of these other control decks have gotten to it's basically Ladros and some other bit of burst. Um or it's Karma and some other ridiculously ongoing amounts of, of you know, control and, and board stabilization and infinite resources. Uh, or also, I guess, combo if you look at Ezreal. And I have a major issue with, with Karma-Ezreal. I think that is the most obnoxious deck, and I hate it. And so <laughs> I wanted to do something about that. But I was like, okay, I don't want to nerf Ezreal because I don't actually think Ezreal is a problem. Ezreal is the thing that, yeah, it it wins with Ezreal, you know, but I remember actually thinking that, like, before, when you don't combo the two together, Ezreal as a win condition is actually fairly interesting to see go off. And you're like, okay, I saw this coming. I had the time to try to do something about it. It's too late now, you know, uh, but, like, man, they earned it. You know, I feel like with Ezreal just comboing off by himself without Karma, they earn it. I don't feel that way about when karma's out there. And I also just, I mean, you've got karma Lux, you've got karma, Ezreal, you've got spooky karma, you've got, you know, it just, the list goes on and on and on. And karma just, it's eclipsing everything else. I mean, God, you know, it's this enlightened, uh, uh you know, keyword. What's the other enlightened one? Anivia? For the love of Christ, we never see Anivia. Anivia is not as good as karma. That's true. And it's the same, it's the same requirement, you know? And so we're I mean, I don't know. I really like Karma's unleveled up ability a lot. I love that. I think that's a great effect. I wouldn't touch that. Yeah. Um, I think I would rework the leveled up ability. Um, and I don't know what I'd replace it with. That's something for the big brains over there who know anything about the character. Because I don't I don't know anything about, about the character karma in Rune Terra. I mean, obviously, you'd want to theme it after one of her abilities or something like that, but the the bottom line is it's... It is limiting creativity. It's limiting design space. It's really locking out a a lot of the late-game strategies that they want you to play. They printed things like the Leviathan and the Dreadway. Is that... That's game playing. Dreadnought. Right, Dreadnought. Dread. Dread. Doesn't matter. You know, the Siren. They're printing these high-end things that are really cool. You know, if you played the um the the Viking ship, you know, uh uh Sedwani's Viking ship. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Tuskgrater.
1: If you Yeah, Tuskgrater. If you play that, oh wow, double stats on things. That's all well and good, but Karma's just going to beat you before that.
0: Oh yeah. Oh no, no.
1: I I Before you ever see it. So you know? I fully and agree so,
0: like, that Karma needs needs adjusted in some capacity.
1: Yeah. So and I just it's the spell doubling thing and I just would I would love sure. to uh I would love to see that that leveled up form Get a rework uh, because that's this is the biggest offender to uh creativity in this game right now, in my opinion.
0: Uh, Mary Wallace Storm says it's not the name is not Dreadnought. That's from Super Mario Galaxy. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, OK, I actually do have an adjustment for Karma and it's not a complete rework. It is a nerf. And that is that either the first, first, the second, or the, either the first, the first and second, or the first, second, and third spells that you play each round get doubled. And my suggestion is just the first. So Karma's leveled up is it doesn't double all spells. It doubles the first card that you play each round. Um, Oh,
1: but maybe it'll still get you that end of turn card.
0: Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it keeps generating the end of turn card. And then it doubles the first card, the first spell that you play each round. I think that is a more reasonable way that doesn't enable crazy combos that are breaking the game or that threaten design space. That's my biggest worry. There's going to be certain things they just simply can't do. And it still allows you to do kind of some crazy things like make a whole board of karmas and then double a spell five times, right? Like, it still lets you to do some crazy stuff like that. And I'm fine with that crazy stuff because it's not as easy to pull off. Um, The problem is how reliable it is, I think, in in a lot of scenarios. But I agree. Karma needs an adjustment. But I wanted to give my number one an improvement. I wanted to see a rework on the champion that I chose. Oh, can I guess it? Go ahead. Is it Braum? It isn't. Ah. It isn't. My rework is Shen. My rework is Shen. I think that Shen is sorely overdue for a rework. Here's the reason. Braum was another consideration, but Braum does fit in to a meta. It fits into a deck. It's not a good deck, but it fits into a deck. You can play Braum in a deck. The problem with Shen is he fits in a deck that isn't even really a deck. He fits in this everything is a barrier deck, and that deck is trash. It's not even it's it's so bad right and their belief is is that each champion should have a place that it fits in that it can be played in a fun way and i would argue that you the shen deck is so bad that it cannot be played in a fun way and it doesn't you it it i it's just bad it's just bad i just think it's bad so um i would i don't care what they do with shen but i would do a full rework i don't care if it's I, I, you know what if, if it's like a buff on his attack and stuff whatever but i think that he just needs a full rework i'd like to see them do something entirely different i don't want to see it built all around barrier i just don't think it's very good so um i would love to see them rework shen in some capacity and i don't really have a good suggestion for it just like i originally didn't have a great suggestion i didn't think about nerfing karma um but i don't i don't have a great suggestion for it but i want to see shen playable because i think shen is really cool i think he's a super cool card he is one of my favorite champs in ionia and i just you you just can't play him he's just so bad he's so bad so
1: well you know why he's bad because his because support as a mechanic is bad
0: yeah it the is
1: positioning thing like i get what they're doing trying to make positioning more relevant but the support mechanics just not that good and you know really the thing about champions is that they want to protect themselves um and he's not protecting himself can not you imagine all. a shin now now but can you imagine a shin that was a four five for four i mean um, sh- at that point he's actually doing something on the board himself and drawing a little bit of Attention. I mean, I, I guess I kill a Shen when he shows up on the board. I mean, I actually wouldn't know because I never see him. Sure. Um, it's and it's again a problem of like so many other champions are worth the, your champion slot. Shen is th- as opposed to Shen, and Shen just doesn't compete. Um, yeah, I guess a full rework. I mean, I lo- I don't even hate the barrier stuff. I don't know what Shen actually does in the game.
0: You um, like he can like his alt, he barriers another player and then teleports mm-hmm. to them. Which is kind of yeah, I mean cool. it,
1: I feel like you could definitely do some cool monk related shenanigans, uh you know, like we've seen them kind of experiment in an interesting way with these Lee Sen related like monk striking cards and recalling and you know whatnot um so yeah i mean I'd, i i would love to see Shen uh you know get a little bit more relevant I mean the cool thing about Lee Sen is that Lee Sen gives himself a barrier well, I want to see Shen give himself a barrier. Can you imagine what... Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. What we, if got Shen it, we got it going said, now. What if Shen said, round start, give myself a barrier? I like that. And then um, if he said, level up, um, I've gained a barrier X number of times.
0: Or I've seen... Or I've seen... Allies gain allies. X of barriers.
1: Sure. Um, and so... He he'd still be under a little understated. I maybe would bump him down, maybe even just to a two four, right? But that, then he becomes he becomes a similar to like a Zed or Fiora, uh, or like a Fizz, where you want them getting buffed across the course of the game. Now Barrier, as we all know, it's very vulnerable to you know small little pings, uh, but it also gets killed and gets axed by things like Decimate. But it would also like potentially encourage you to play like Culling Strike, right? Um, which kills something with three attack or lower, or you um, know, I mean, maybe this is even too strong, you know. But I, I mean, it would start, it would force you to start looking at other forms of removal besides the ones that are traditionally damage based. I mean, in a, in a weird way, if Shen was playable and Barrier was more consistently playable, that would be a direct nerf to P and Z, which is, in my opinion, getting out of control, right? Sure. Because they have the best and widest array of damage based removal. Well. You know, we've got other factions with forms of removal. They're just not as efficient most of the time. Noxus has some interesting removal that, like Noxian, Guillotine, and Culling Strike. We have obviously got Vengeance and Ruination, you know, out of yeah. uh, out of Shadow Isles, sure. you know. So, I, I just, yeah, and we, in in a weird way, I mean, I, we sort of have not very good removal in Freljord, but we do have, like, amazing, like, trade tricking with yeah. mm-hmm. Frostbite. You know, so we've got this wide suite, but PNZ is just taking the cake every time because they've got the most, they've got a diverse you know, group that they can kind of cherry pick. Some of the cheapest, and, too. And it's it's more cost efficient, right? Um, so, yeah, maybe Shen in, in that way could potentially say, hey, PNZ, like, you know, y- you're going to have a hard time if Shen's being played in the environment. So I'd love to see Shen, you know, you know, round start give, or maybe it would give you, well, no, I think giving you a choice would be too broken. Round start, give myself a
0: barrier. And that way he's protecting himself over time. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's some things they can do with it. I would just love to see them. That's that's the one champion that as I scrolled through the champions, I was like, this really has no place at all. Yeah. It has yeah, you're, you're no right. place at all. And I, mean, I want to see it get a place. Yeah, I mean, even Vlad, not a good deck, but has a deck, right? Um, uh, I mean, like, but again, I think his deck
1: is at the same level as Shin's deck is on. Shin is barriers everywhere. And Vlad's is... What?
0: I don't know. I Self-damage think damage. I think that his deck sort is of
1: burnt. I I don't know. Maybe. I have never played it's, Vlad, it's so maybe I'm wrong. But I think that Vlad is very <laughs> underwhelming. The best part about Vlad is that when he levels up, he has regenerate. He's a six six regenerate, like Coolio. Uh, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> be Garen, just
0: be Garen. Yeah,
1: be just be Garen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's where like if I you know if we're talking honorable mentions, I would be like yo, just let me play. Just just make Vlad and Shen and Um Braum more playable. I think just giving Braum one attack would be all it would need.
0: Just give him one attack. Oh, he'd be much better at one attack for sure. Because yeah. he wouldn't get killed by my frost wolves all the time. Yeah. Which I love killing him with. <laughs> hey, we gotta yeah, I mean, so- why play him? <laughs> we gotta we gotta move on to this champion spotlight. You ready?
1: uh i mean yeah we're running late aren't we
0: we're running real (laughs) late dude we're running late okay we have champion spotlight and we have q and a to get to next what do you want to get to what do you want to do first what's more important
1: oh boy uh, let me look at the Q and A again. <laughs> let's let
0: hey, uh, let us let's, let's jump into Q
1: and A, and then uh and then we'll we probably could always do the champion spotlight next
0: week. Yeah, we can, let's can push it back. One week. Let's it's do Q and A and let's do champion spotlight next week. I know you might have been looking forward to us talking about champion spotlight, but oh, we're not going to do it because we got too into predictions and stuff. But uh, you got the Q and A over there, DBN. So why don't you jump into uh, the questions that we have got from the Discord?
1: I learned that in class. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so we have a couple. Um, One was from last week that I did want to approach, which was from Royal Shine. Uh, With Vi starting to become more meta, now's the perfect time to ask. Do you guys think she's legitimately strong or simply a flavor of the month thing?
0: Oh, man, sorry, I was coughing. Oh, hang on, you tell us. Your your response first, DBN.
1: Wait, I just read the question. Yeah, but you have to respond really (laughs) quick. Do it. Um... Okay. Yeah, I think I think she's strong. I, I do. Uh Challenger is strong. Tough is strong. I think she's very strong. I when I looked at her, everyone was like, Yeah, Vi's crap. And I was like, is she is she though? Because everybody was looking at the level up, I think. Everybody was looking at her as oh, I this as a finisher, as a you know, level up, you know, how easy is she or hard is she to level up? And I'm like, Well, you know, she gets stronger in your hand as you play naturally play things. Yeah, she's maybe not the best top deck, that's for sure. But outside of that, Challenger and Tough are two really good keywords. Um, So put two good keywords on a card together, and it can't be bad. Uh, Now, I'm not saying like Vi will stay this super hot commodity like she's been the last couple weeks, uh, but I don't think it's a flavor of the month thing. And I think, in fact, if we see some of these nerfs come through, um, especially if PNZ is forced to go more character-based, we're going to see Vi probably even more.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I I don't. I've said from the very beginning that Vi is a standalone strong card. I thought that the moment I saw Vi, I was like, yep, this is just a good card. This is something that PNZ needed um, in order to smooth out their mid-game, which sometimes they just didn't have and uh, they had a really aggressive early game if they wanted it. They had a very controlly end game if they wanted it. They had no mid game tools. I think that you're just seeing her straight up slotted into decks because she's just strong in the middle of the game. She's often Mm -hmm. a five five with tough and challenger and you need to get rid of her she generally takes multiple trades to get into you don't just get rid of her she's typically going to remove a problem card that maybe your lesser damaging moves can't take care of and she might take care of two cards for you um she's just strong i don't think that she's going anywhere i don't think that she is um a flavor of the week at all i think that it, people discovered her. I, I think quite honestly, she wasn't as flashy as some of the other champions and the combo that she offers to win the game in one turn with her level up form is not easy to pull off. So people were like, well, you can't do that. So she sucks, but she is just a really strong card. She, I feel very similar to her that I feel about Sejuani. And if, if Freljord was in a better place, I think Sejuani would be a lot better. Like if if Freljord was in the powerful, as powerful a spot as P and Z is, I think that Sejuani would be in a good uh, because she's the type of card that you don't care if she levels up. She's just strong. She's just statistically and ability strong. And it's very, very similar with, with Vi. She's just statistically strong. She has strong abilities. She's a menace for your opponent to deal with. I, I don't think that that card is going anywhere. I think that you're going to see that card as one of the PNZ staples because you're going to see people who are going to say, well, I'm playing PNZ. I, I really want to run Ezreal. I really want to run, uh, you know, Heimerdinger. Um, but I just need something that can manage the board a little bit more than just spells in my hand, and that's going to be one of the best cards that you can do that with. So mm-hmm. she just ties PNZ over into their late game better. I think she's just really strong. So. Yeah. Yeah. And we have another question too, right?
1: Yeah, we got one more. Uh, I mean, there's there's a couple that we've either answered uh in the chat or in the the discord or don't pertain to this discussion um but uh this one is going to be from um kev I think Nixkev I don't is that that's we'll say that's how we say it mm, that's my um, other
0: Pittsburgh brother
1: Oh very cool um so uh between the snapshots from Mobalytics Tempo Storm and Team Leviathan, who do you think has the more accurate tier list?
0: Well, we pulled them up and I'm gonna throw them up here on the screen if you're in the stream. Um, So I'm just gonna hit them real quick and we're only going to hit what is top tier. So tier one, according to uh, storm, Grizzled Bannerman, which is, of course, it's actually a PNZ and Demacia list, but it's it's basically the, the, the Demacia list. Um, the Championless Burn, which is the Noxus PNZ list. Then once again, PNZ, and this time mixed with Ionia, is the Vi Heimerdinger list, and then the Lux Karma list, which is going to be the Ionia and the Demacia list. So that's their tier ones. Mobilitics tier ones are their S tier. Are going to be burn agro, Lux Karma, Karina control made it into their S tier. Heimer control, which is Heimer Vi, Ezreal Karma made it into their S tier, which is basically just Lux Karma, but it runs Ezreal instead. Mid range bannerman, which is what we were talking about in Scouts, which Scouts is also very similar to the the mid range bannerman. They're they're virtually the same deck except one runs uh you know mf in it and the other run runs vi in it because vi is really strong and uh and then the what is this one this is the team leviathan gaming uh, at Their uh their top tier decks are going to be karma lux it's going to be championless burn is going to be demacia mid-range um and then vi heimerdinger so uh and i guess indoor spiders but i don't know if that deserves to be in there so uh or that might be a modern development cuz i saw that played for the first time today so the question is which one do you think is the most accurate they're all virtually the same they're all virtually the same i mean mobilytics adds a few more into s tier and i think that it's probably more accurate than a couple of those decks in mobilytics are not S tier. They're probably, you know, top tier a not S. Um, and it they probably needs to be a little bit more divided up there, but the, the, their, their tier lists are very, very similar. Yeah. I mean, you don't like think, tier lists, but
1: I like to know it's out there, but I don't ever trust it. And I don't, I think in many ways, like it can warp perceptions of your, so like your environment is more important than the larger environment. What you're playing against is always more important than what other people are playing against because it's you. You're the only one who who gives a crap, right? Like, I, it it this extends much better into paper CCGs that I, I will admit, where your local store has a such a varied environment than like what people are playing at Gen Con you know um and so like when i play and your perception of what's strong in your play group may not may not be good at gen con or because the type of people that are playing at gen con aren't playing in your play group they're missing out on something special and so i guess my point is like if you're learning the game then, tier lists are very helpful for understanding what is generally strong and what types of things you're likely to see. It's really good to have that idea in your head to know what's out there. But just so many people are just become, you know, a slave to the tier list. They check the tier list all the time. And I used to do that with hearthstone, and it made me a worse hearthstone player um because you know ultimately, the more the most valuable thing is going to be, being comfortable with your deck, knowing all the matchups for your deck, whatever that may be, you know? And, um, I don't know. I guess I don't care what any of the different lists are good, you know, are the best. If anything, if you're really that interested in getting this, you know, data centric approach, you want to look at all the lists, you know, because if you only look at one list, then like with anything, get your news from multiple sources, you know, uh, so uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I find that when I in, in the times when I have succeeded as a competitive player has always been the times where I didn't spend a lot of, a lot of hours looking at tier lists, looking at other people's deck lists. I just focused on mine. Um, and I think that's because, and we've talked about this before, I am a much more intuitive player as opposed to an analytical player. But I think that's where I land on the situation. So I'm not, I'm not denigrating tier lists. They're very, very helpful for as a learning tool, you know, um, and to allow people to say, hey, I think I saw something that like whooped my butt. What was that? What are they trying to do? What other cards are in there? Yes, go look up that deck list sure. for sure. But it's really not as important as what are you running into on the ladder? That's what's more important. Absolutely. We talked about it last week you know you're not gonna see these heimerdinger control at silver you know you're probably not going to see lux Karme at silver you probably are going to see a lot of you know uh, faceless burn you probably are going to see some karina control you know with ladros and that because it's a fairly cheap deck to make uh so that just keep that in mind
0: yeah. 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 I, I, I agree with that. I think that that is it. I, uh, meta, meta snapshots are a little deceptive. Um, I do think it's interesting that th- there are three lo- we're looking at and all three are very similar. It does show that the meta may not be solved, but th- they're, they're also self-fulfilling. If sure. Somebody sure, with authority absolutely. says
1: something's good people will play that more and it it that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy
0: until something new is discovered and i think that that's important yeah it's important the meta snapshots are helpful to know what is strong but what is also important is continuing to experiment because there are stuff in this that have not been discovered yet there is another top tier deck i'm confident there is another top tier deck right now that will not be discovered before we get the patch We'll get a patch and there will be a top deck, top tier deck that never goes, that goes completely undiscovered and, uh, and maybe it will rise, but maybe a nerf will change it and it will never come out. And so I think that that's always something interesting as well. There's probably something out there that hasn't been discovered yet. And maybe, you know, you can be one of the guys to help discover it or one of the gals to help discover it and popularize it. Um, so yeah, go look at the meta snapshots, get an idea about what's going on. Um, But that isn't... And it's also understanding your play style, right? Just because Heimer Vi is good right now doesn't mean that you are going to be great playing it. If that's not your play style and you don't enjoy it... I mean, we were talking before the show, DBN, you were saying you were playing Lux Karma... And it was good, but you just didn't enjoy it. And it doesn't. Yeah. The, 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 the you still want to enjoy the game that you're playing, and I know for some people winning is the only source of enjoyment that they get out of a game. But for most of us, I think that we want to enjoy the game when we sit down to play it and enjoy sort of the way. That's why I play so much failure Noxus is because it just tickles my brain in the way that I like. <laughs> And so I keep going back to it, not because it's the most powerful, but because I get a great deal of enjoyment out of it and I can still advance in the game while playing it. Um, let's so. um, do we Do we want to answer this question from the chat? Yeah. Why don't we do that? Let's answer that question from the chat and then let's get out of here.
1: <clears throat> okay. So uh, Park I'm Shine trying- He Fan. Sure.
0: Park Shin, Shin- He Fan. Shin-
1: Park Shin Hai Fan. Um, uh, welcome by the way yeah yeah. Um, yep. so uh they ask why is yasuo not competitive as some people say um i actually got asked this question not in our podcast q a but in the general discord and i'm not claiming to be the best yasuo player but i have played it a good amount since the game has come out uh and immediately i was excited for some of the new tools it got in this last set Initially, when it when it came out, uh, but quickly concluded it just wasn't viable. And so I had somebody even ask me. I think they said, um, "Hey, are you going to make like a video, um, you know, on on um, on Yasuo?" And I said, "No, I said I'm not yet, not for a while, because I just can't honestly recommend it." Uh, it's being on, let's see, this is Mobalytics, has it as a, a B-tier deck, and I think that's generous. <laughs> um, the bottom line is, and they even, in, in this deck list, I wanted to look at I was like, are they doing something I'm not? No, they're doing exactly what I thought I was smart for coming up with, which is basically you have to cross your fingers and pray that you get one of two cards in the early game and you still are disadvantaged against aggro. Um, so against Bannerman, against uh, the uh, champion, uh, championless Burn, you almost cannot win. There's there's just not an avenue there. Now what it can do really nicely is control the crap out of other control decks um, because you're basically able to chop them down with Yasuo. Now you have some tools to kind of defend Yasuo between like t- you know Twin Disciplines, deny. Will of Ionia, I actually include a couple copies of Recall in mine, just the one mana recalled. So I can say, okay, they're about to kill Yasuo with Decimate. I'm going to bounce him and then play him back later. But the ability to slam really high value cards like Legion General, Minotaur Reckoner, Yone, um, those sorts of things can say, oh, like you're like, like Deep, for example. Yasuo, at least in my experience, tends to crush Deep. Uh, because they'll play one big threat, two big threats, and you say, okay, you're stunned, you're stunned, now I'm swinging at your face. So they can't really go tall against you. The only thing they can really do is go wide against you, uh, but that's why you have Intimidating Roar. So, like, Yasuo has, in, in many ways, it's kind of suffering from the polarized match thing, where I think Yasuo wants to have a situation where it can have game against a lot of different decks, but Noxus doesn't really have defensive early game and uh, you really don't have that from uh, from Ionia either. No, You're running uh-uh. these Herald of Springs. Blade, uh, Fae Blade Twirler is absolutely garbage at defending. It's amazing at attacking and controlling the board as an attacker. Um, but when you play it on, on turn two as a 1-3 as a with no impact on the board immediately, it just doesn't do enough. Um, so you really are relying on the Arachnoid Sentries. And Herald of Spring is nice, but it needs another creature to play down. You tend to run a good amount of spells in this deck. And so it just, it has too many dead draws against aggro to really ever have a chance. And any deck that can't pull one out of their hat against aggro, they're just, you just, you can't play it. You shouldn't play it. And Mm -hmm. that's hopefully what this balance patch for next week will address.
0: Yeah, hopefully it'll slow that down. Yasuo definitely gets better in a different meta definitely gets better Mm, in a different manner. yeah it's it's just bad right now um Mm. let's uh let's work our way out of here so um that was everything unfortunately we didn't get to the champion spotlight but we are going to do a champion spotlight next week and pick up gank blank i advertised at the beginning of the show now it's not gonna happen i'm really sorry we just ran out of time um but what i do want to do is give a quick closing thought and i thought i was already perfect So if you listen to the show, you know that I give a closing thought each week and my desire is to help you make your life better, not just your game better. And so if you stick around to the end of the podcast, hopefully you get better at life. My closing thought this week is the way that you deal with disappointment in your life matters. And so be careful and be aware of the way that you deal with disappointment. I'm going to give you a quick example of my life this week, and this is just a big thing for me. So, uh, this week I had a day of a significant amount of disappointment. I was supposed to get back to normal life. I had appointments uh, at work that I was to keep and meet with some people for the first time getting back to work. I was really excited to be able to be with people again um, over the course of this week. I I had um, all kinds of stuff that I had planned. I was going to play some board games. I was playing Cthulhu Death May Die for the first time, which I just picked up with a couple of buddies. Um, and then uh, I had some stuff still planned for the summer. Well, it just so happened that all in the same day, um, I got a little sick and had to go get checked out by a doctor to ensure that I didn't have coronavirus, which I'm very confident that I do not. But that caused me to be quarantined for three days and miss and have to cancel everything that I had planned, including disc golf with my college guys, small group and two other small group events that I was really excited to be able to go and see people for the first time. All of that got canceled. Instead, I had to have something shoved up to my brain, up my nose, which was not fun. And DBN made me swear. I wouldn't talk about it. On top of that, I got a call from work that day beforehand that said they needed to talk to me about something serious that they wanted to do in person. I then got found out that I was quarantined for three days. And so it had to get delayed for a week and I have to now sleep on the fact that I have a really important meeting about my future a week later instead of like 12 hours later. And then Gen Con 2020 got canceled that same day, which was my one fun event left this summer. There was a significant amount of disappointment all over the course of a couple of hours. I was incredibly frustrated and I didn't handle it perfectly. To be honest with you, I got all sorts of flustered and I couldn't really handle it. So I got home and I took the dog for a walk and I caught my breath. And sometimes something small and simple can reset where you are, whether that's with anxiety or fear or depression or anger, whatever it may be. And however you react to disappointment, it says a lot about your character. And if you can react positively to disappointment, it will propel you forward in the world. If you react really negatively to disappointment, it is really hard for you to be elevated to any position of leadership. It's really hard for you to be elevated to anything at all in whatever company that you're in. You have to be a really eccentric individual with a really individualized skill set to be someone who's successful that deals poorly with disappointment. Dealing poorly with disappointment is a really bad quality. So I would just say, examine your life. Find the thing that you can do to stop, take a breath, Really gain perspective to see if this will matter in the grand scheme of your life and deal with perspective in a healthier and better way. Most of this can be done by just looking back over your life and realizing how you have repeatedly dealt with disappointment. Most of us, when we're disappointed, we react in a very predictable manner. We do the same thing every time. Sometimes we can break those cycles and react to it in a healthier way. So that's my closing thought for today. Examine your life figure out how you deal and react to disappointment and find better ways to react to it. That's my closing thought. That's all that I have this week. Is that a good one? DBN? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, that's good. At least You didn't, get, you, you didn't go into details
1: on the, uh, <clears throat> the test. So I'm proud of
0: you. Thank you. Yeah, it was awful. It was the, it was the worst. Okay. So the serious moments <laughs> over now, we got to talk about getting out of here because it is getting late. It's getting late. DBN. how can people find you and get connected with what you have going on?
1: Yeah, Dead Broke Nerd is the YouTube channel. Now, I haven't posted anything in the last few days. Actually, the last week. Uh, that's because I am getting everything together to move to a new apartment. Hey-o. Uh, so, you know, it's been one of those things where that is just, you know, making videos has not been at the forefront of my mind. But because I'm moving in this weekend, I'm hoping to get some videos up once my computer is set up, you know, because we got Memorial Day here in the United States of America. Uh, so I won't be working Beautiful. Monday. So I'm thinking, like, just knock out a bunch of cool videos on Monday before the balance patch so that when I release them, they're all irrelevant. Perfect. That's what I'm thinking.
0: That's Dude, what I'm absolutely thinking. perfect.
1: Right, right. Or really, maybe I'll just make a video on – I don't think it's going to get nerfed because it's that bad. Uh, that's what I'll <laughs> I'll make those types of videos. Uh, they should all be about anyways. Yasuo. Yeah, Yasuo and my uh, One Drops only deck. We'll we'll make we'll have a lot of fun with those. <laughs> those
0: aren't going to. Uh, anyways, attention. yeah,
1: you can check out some of my older videos. You can also find the one that we're, I was going to talk about today, and we'll clearly talk about next week, uh, which is my Gangplank Twisted Fate mid range deck. Nice. Um, it's a cool game. It's a cool deck, and I've even got some people saying that they you know have been using it to good success. Um, so that's the most recent thing I have up on there. But because the we'll, only reason I'm bringing it up is because we'll be talking about. Gangplank next week. Uh, Silver Fuse has uh, a really cool Gangplank like OTK deck you should check out Uh, and just for the heck of it, Charmer also has an interesting um, Gangplank and Kalista deck. I'm going to be trying both of those out and reporting back for next week. So what I recommend is if you want to follow along with me and the show, go check all those videos out, get an impression of Gangplank and then you can hear me talk about it and see if our thoughts line up. Nice. Basically, nice. you just got given homework that you in no way will be graded on.
0: Do it. <laughs> Do it. Uh, hey, you can find me at twitch.tv slash the lift. Come and throw me a follow. A couple of people have done that over the past couple of weeks in between these live streams. That's where we put up this show live online through video. If you want to watch and hang out with us and see our incredibly attractive jawlines and uh, faces and things. And uh, how big my eyebrows are. It's a good place to see that as well. Um, I have not said this in a couple of weeks. I'm going to just bring it up now then. Um, Outside of what I'm doing on the podcast, I'm actually a pastor. And so if you're going through a difficult time, which I know a lot of people are right now with everything that's going on in our world, they're suffering from anxiety, some fear. Um, some depression just from being isolated. Um, If you need someone to listen to you or pray for you, I would love to do that. So my heart is to shine light into an otherwise dark world um, and just to be a force of positivity and hope. So I would love to chat with you and would love if you, if you ever want to chat with me, find me on the discord. Last thing is leave us a rating and review on iTunes for real. Do it. If you leave us a five-star rating and review, not only we do give you a shout out on the show, but we also put you in the drawing to win a legends cast hat. It's a really sick hat it's really nice there's some pictures of it on our discord you can go and check them out there from a couple people who have won one we will do the drawing at the end of this month so that's going to be next episode we will do a drawing for another legends cast hat so get your thing in before then last but not least thank you to all of our patrons who support us over at patreon.com legendscast we really appreciate you i've never even updated the cover art for our thing but you are still supporting us we deeply appreciate you thank you for all the that you do. We don't have any new patrons this week, but I want to say thank you to all of those existing patrons that we do have. You guys are incredible. You're amazing. You're awesome. And you help us make this happen. Okay. Uh, that's it. That's all my plugs. Got anything else out uh, to say before we get out of here, DBN?
1: No, sir. But everybody have a wonderful and safe weekend.
0: Absolutely. Have a wonderful and safe weekend. Guys, thank you so much. Enjoy that Memorial Day weekend if you're here in the States. We thank you so much for listening and be sure to tune in again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you want to become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com/legendscast or leave a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts.